listening to Glad Tidings. Today, we have Reverend Michael Tan sharing the word. We hope you are inspired by this message. I start out off with a message on the narrow gate and the hard way. Then I followed up with the reality and the eternality of heaven and hell. Today, I'm going to complete the series by speaking about who are the few, who are those who enter that gate, who are those that walk on this hard and difficult road. You will be surprised. The disciples were shocked and surprised and the religious people were also taken aback. It shook their core beliefs. It shook their core values of who are the one who truly enters the kingdom of God. I've entitled my message, Let Them Come to Me. I'll be reading from the Gospel of Mark, verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 13 to 16 in the ESV translation. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them and laying his hands on them. Hallelujah. Father, we just want to thank you for your word. Your word is unchanging. Your word is spirit and life. Your word is who you are, Lord. Your word is the revelation of what God is and who God has done in our lives. So we just want to thank you. We just want to praise you. So by just reading the, this, this scripture, by just hearing the scripture, who are those who are the one welcome into the gate and into the kingdom of God? Children. That means I don't have to preach anymore. I finished my preaching. My message is completed. That is the end of it. Huh? Finish and we can all say, Amen. We are all children of God. But I just have three things to share with you. Uh, I know that you also would want me to finish faster as you have plans to bring your children out, plans to bring your family out. But I wanted to complete this uh, 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 series that I started with. It's so important to know. It's important to understand. It's important to realize that those that we expect to be on that road, those that we expect that Jesus to welcome into His kingdom are the people that we least expect. That is the beautiful thing that Jesus has come to do. Jesus, when He came on the scene, when, in, when He started His ministry, began to undo, begin to challenge and begin to bring the principle and the truth of reversal. Whatever that you thought was true, was right, was applicable, Jesus says, no. Truly, 
truly I say to you. Every time when Jesus says, truly I say to you, just like also in this passage, He is, he is rebutting, He is challenging the mindset and the values and the estimation of religious people. Estimation of people who think that they deserve to be in God's heaven. Deserve to be in the kingdom of God. There's a difference here between children of God to be childlike and there's a difference to being childish. And we all know sometimes uh, we, uh, we, we, we don't, usually, surprisingly, we don't do this to our children. We don't say don't be childish because our children are already children, right? We only tell this to who? To our friends. Sometimes to our husbands, to our wives, to our husbands. So you say to the husband, huh? don't be childish. So there's a difference of being childish to being childlike. Childish is you don't act according to your maturity. You don't act according to the knowledge that you have. You act as if you are spoiled. You act as if you are entitled. You act as if you know better than everybody else. Childlike is so different. So three things. The first thing is that only a child can enter the kingdom of God. Let them Come to me. Parents during the time of Jesus respected and looked up to the rabbis, to the religious leaders because they are supposedly more holy, supposedly closer to God, supposedly spend more time with God. And so they love to bring their children, whether they are babies or they are, they are their bigger children, and to ask the rabbis or the religious leaders to just lay their hands on them or sometimes if they are small, to carry them and then to bless their children because this is a way of receiving blessing from God. And so the disciples also had the same mindset as the people during Jesus' time and they were thinking that children are not important. Children are just annoying you know, when they come. Jesus is too busy for children. Jesus has time only for certain groups of people. Maybe just the religious leaders. Maybe the people who are very devoted to God. And so, even during this time, we see two things about the Word of God, about the Gospel. That Jesus was fully human. How do we know Jesus was also fully human? Jesus had emotions. Jesus was tired. Jesus also rejoiced. And here in this instant, just like another instance, when he went to cleanse the temple at the beginning of his ministry and also at the end of ministry, he began to throw away the coins of the money changers. He began to turn upside down the table. He began to take a whip and began to whip all the animals that were brought into the court of the Gentiles, the temple, because he says, my father's house is called to be a house of prayer for the nations, but you have made it a den of thieves and robbers. They were focusing on business. They were bringing business into the house 
of God. So in this instant, Jesus was just as angry. Jesus was just as zealous for two aspects of a child. First thing is, Jesus loved, Jesus had time for children. This is something very important to know. If Jesus had time for children, parents, teachers, guardians, elders, spiritual parents, we need to give time to our children because they are of great value, not just to us as guardians, as teachers, as parents, but to God Himself. They are not little or half adults, but they are fully human, fully made in the image of God. And so Jesus gave children value, just as Jesus gave women value. We know how the Jews, the Jewish men, the religious leaders used to look down on women. But Jesus began to restore back and says, truly, truly, I say to you. That same word, truly, truly, I say to you, is also condensed in one word, the word Amen. When we say Amen, we are also agreeing with the Lord, agreeing with His Word and says Amen. If Jesus says that unless we become a child, we cannot enter the kingdom of God, our response as children of God will be to say Amen. Because that is how God values the little ones. The other aspect of Jesus comparing them. We see in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, Matthew 19, Jesus spoke also about the value of children and also how important children are. Immediately, it's followed about the story of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus asking to walk into the gate. But Jesus says, you sell everything, you give to the poor, and you follow me. And the man was, the young rich ruler was so sad. He came to the gate and he turned away from the gate and he went and he missed eternal life. And he was searching for eternal life. Jesus says, if you want to enter into eternal life, you must come in like a child, fully dependent, receiving Jesus and God as He is on His terms, fully trusting, a humble trust, a simple trust, uh, implicit trust in God and God alone. Same thing in the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 10, which I've just read just now. Immediately after Jesus enhancing the value of children, same thing, the story of the rich young ruler. The same thing happened in the book of Luke in Matthew chapter 18, where after speaking about children, where the, uh, where the disciples were arguing among themselves, who is the greatest disciple? Is it among one of the twelve? Am I the, the greatest? Am I the number one man, the number two man to Jesus? And Jesus says, what are you arguing about? Jesus says, if you, the greatest in the kingdom will be the servant of all. The first will be the last. Unless you become... Then he took a child and says, unless you receive a child... Unless you receive the kingdom like a child you will never enter the kingdom of God. So the contrast in the three Gospels, immediately after speaking about the qualifications, 
to entering the kingdom of God is contrasted with the rich young ruler. The child of God entered into eternal life. The child of God entered into the kingdom where else the rich young ruler who thought he had everything, he obeyed all the commandments from young. But there's one thing missing, that he didn't come to Jesus as Lord, as God. He wanted to bring, he thought that his wealth could put him in good state. He thought that his good works could be, he thought that his religious performing all the ceremonies could make him qualify for God's heaven. But Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you. So the great reversal happened. The people that we think will go to heaven, Jesus says, are not the people that will actually go there. The people that enter through the gate will not be the people that actually uh, will go into the gate. There's one example in the Gospel of John. I know the feeding of the 5,000 is in all the Gospels. This is one of the few uh, miracles that happens, that was recorded by all the Gospel writers. And this story is about, and here in this Gospel, it was mentioned that they were in a desolate place, a place far away from food, far away from any, any place where they can get food. And so Jesus was testing them. Jesus was going to show to them that He is the bread of life, that only He can satisfy our hunger and thirst for life. And so Jesus began to test the disciples. Let's feed the people. It's not just 5,000 because 5,000 were just men and including the, the women and the children, that could be almost 20,000. Can you imagine a 20,000 church congregation? Jesus was ministering there alone. And somehow, the disciples were saying that, how can we feed the people? Even with eight months of salary, we cannot just give a little bit to the 20,000. We need more. So the disciples were saying, this is impossible. Tidak boleh. Mustahil. Impossible. Mission impossible. But Jesus already planned to be the bread of life. In the Old Testament, God provide the manna to the Israelites, the wandering Israelites. Here, He proves Himself to be the bread of life that not just gives physical food, but gives the living bread to everyone who will follow. And so Jesus said, feed them. We hope that you are enjoying the message so far. If you would like to know more about our church and get connected, head to our website at gladtidings.my. Thank you for listening. Let's get back to the Word. But interestingly, there's something that I saw here that, I've never, that I never saw before until I prepared this. It was a little boy who came up to the disciples and says, without thinking, without being ashamed, without, without, without the idea that people are going to laugh at him, he just brought his a small boy's meal. Five barley loaves. Barley loaves is for those who are very poor. And two fishes. And he just came and gave his own meal to the disciples, hearing perhaps he, was, he overheard 
what Jesus was asking the disciples and heard the, G- the disciples grumbling, heard the disciples' skepticism. and says, ah, this cannot be done, cannot be done. But the little boy came with that childlike faith and says, here, Lord, this is my five loaves. Do whatever you can because the boy has seen Jesus doing miracles. The boy has seen Jesus raising the dead. The boy could have heard of all the things that Jesus, only Jesus, Jesus was different than all the other religious leaders. And that is the thing that captured here, the childlikeness. Sometimes as adults, we come to God and say, God, this thing is too difficult even for God. If it's so difficult for me, even I ask many people to pray, it will not happen. But if we are a child of God and we run to God and say, God, I cannot do, others cannot do, the people cannot do, but Lord, you can do it. What happened to the five loaves and two fishes? They fed the 20,000. And not only that, they had an abundance in their lives. That is the heart of a child. You come, you don't question, you don't challenge. You just say, Lord, whatever you say, I believe. When we were young as a child, when we, our parents say anything, we believe everything they say, right? They were our superhero. Our parents could not do any wrong. Until we grow up a little bigger, we find out that our parents also are fallible. Our parents also make mistakes. Our parents also show bad example. But not God. So this young boy began to demonstrate what Jesus has taught. Only if you are childlike in trusting God, in just surrendering to God, in just being totally dependent on God, Look what God can do in our lives. Even if we think that we don't deserve to be saved, we don't deserve to be forgiven, Jesus says, come as a little child and we enter into the gate. We have the other instance of when Jesus also did miracle in a temple and then the people were proclaiming and singing, Hosanna to the Son of David. But the religious leaders, again, thinking too much, rationally too much. How can this Jesus, we know his parents, how can he do all these miracles? And sometimes, as adults, we have this problem. We think too much, we analyze too much, we analyze and we think and analyze until we are paralyzed. We think and overthink. Did God ask me to do this? Can I do this? Can people help me? But... What Jesus wants is just come to God and just surrender to Him. And that is what a child, that is what somebody who has a childlike attitude will come to God and believe. And so the children in the temple were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. This was a messianic declaration that the one proclaimed in the Old Testament, the Messiah is the one in the temple now. That even the children acknowledge that Jesus is special. Jesus is more than just a rabbi. So Jesus rebuked the religious leaders, the unbelieving people there, and says, yes, have you never read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. 
Sometimes it's just a simple worship. Sometimes it's just a simple prayer that will just do it. There's a testimony from the kids' church. There's a mother named Sally in our church. He has a son at that time was seven, which is about two years ago. And she always had bad abdominal pain. So much, so much so that she had to lie down every time she had the pain. And so the son at that time was seven. And so one of the days he just said, can I pray for you, mom? So she said, good, you can pray for me. But she didn't really believe so much because he says, I might let you practice praying. So the son just laid hands on the mother and says, Lord Jesus, heal my mother completely forever that the pain doesn't come back. Amen. That's all. The mom suddenly began to realize that the pain went off, not just that time, but never came back. Let's give God the glory. Childlike faith. That is what we need more and more. Stop doubting God. Stop questioning God. Stop saying, is it possible? Remember what Jesus says, with God, all things are possible. Our prayer don't have to be long. I know sometimes my wife says, don't pray so long. <laughs> sometimes we have people in our cell group who pray very long prayers. And our new believers say, I, I dare not pray because they all pray so long, long. I, I cannot pray like that. So they stop praying. But actually, we should pray like a child. We should learn to pray. It's not the amount of words. It is the heart of a child that prays because we are not praying to the cell group leader. We are not praying to the person leading prayer, but we are coming to, the God, to God the Father, just like the little children coming to Jesus and just say, I believe in you, Jesus. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Whatever people say, I don't care. I believe in your word. I believe in your spirit. You are more than enough for me. Can you say an amen to that? Secondly, Jesus is the gate to the kingdom of God. He alone decides who enters. The disciples were not the ones to decide, or not the religious leaders to decide who enters into the kingdom of God. And sometimes pastors, sometimes teachers, sometimes churches, sometimes religious people try to stop people from going into the presence of God. So if you think about it, Jesus was breaking down their beliefs. They thought that only religious adults Fervent, devout adults are the ones entering the kingdom of God. People who know God, people who do a lot of good works can enter the kingdom of God. But Jesus began to demonstrate, actually, the gate to heaven is a child-sized gate, not the adult-sized gate. Because if you are adult, you are being too clever. We sometimes give God advice. We sometimes think God forgets. We sometimes think God is forgetful. We sometimes think God doesn't know what's actually happening. God, maybe you don't know. Maybe you've overlooked. Maybe you are too busy. But let me remind you, God. Let me tell you how to do it. Wow, we are even God's counsellor sometimes. And that is like us. We are adults like that. Sometimes we come to the Christian faith carrying our own baggages. You know, we carry so much of our baggages, our ideas about what God is about. And here, 
Jesus says, if you come to the gate, you just leave all your baggages behind. Leave all your thinking about God behind and look at the gate. The gate is a child-sized gate, not an adult gate. How do you enter the gate? You do, you not, you do not become a child again, but you have the attitude of a child. What does the attitude of a child mean? I receive you completely. Not, I reject you. Not negotiate with God. And that's what the rich young ruler came to the gate, came to Jesus personally. He was so near to heaven, so near to the kingdom of God. But then he made a U-turn. He wanted to come into the gate, into, into the kingdom with all his money, with all his possessions, with all his credentials. You look what I've done. From young, I've been going to the temple, I've been giving, I've been fasting, I've been reading the scriptures, I've done all the commandments. But Jesus says, you did all the commandments except you missed one commandment. It is to have no other gods. He missed the first one, but him. No other gods. So as a child, we don't have anyone who is more powerful. We don't have anyone who we are truly dependent except God. Can we say an amen to that? Our children will not go to other parents and ask for help. If you don't help me, eh, I go to next door, the, my, 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 my uncle, my auntie eh, to help. No, we still stay on with our parents, right? Yeah, the same thing in the child of God. We stay on with God because only God can do that impossible. The disciples' perception of children were bothersome. The children were bothersome, annoying, distraction, were lowly or little value and unworthy of our attention. And Jesus also warned them again to let the children come to me. There is a story here nowadays, the hot, the latest item, the latest news is full in the TV, the media, is the death of Queen Elizabeth II. But in, in Christmas 2014, she, she said this thing, For me, the life of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, whose birth we celebrate today, is an inspiration and an anchor in my life. The queen of a nation and the queen of the commonwealth and we also belong, Malaysia belong to commonwealth, also bowed down to the king of kings and to the lord of lords. No matter how powerful we are, no matter how much wealth we, we have, the only way to enter the kingdom is through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's through bowing down, surrendering, and says, I cannot do anything. Thirdly, Jesus warns those who are stumbling block, warning, do not hinder them. Let them come to me. The NASB translation says, permit these children to come to me. It is very dangerous to cause the children of God to stumble, to teach them wrongly, to mislead them, and to stop them from coming to God. 
And that is why Jesus was so angry with His disciples. And Jesus can be just as angry with any pastor, leader, church members, evangelists, prophets, apostles who mislead the people of God so that they are attacked by the evil one, so that they fall into disbelief or unbelief, so that they don't know what to believe anymore. And that is the danger right now that we face. Too many teachings, too many doctrines, too many clever people trying to tell us to reinterpret the gospel, reinterpret who Jesus is, reinterpret that salvation is only by faith, through grace alone. And so the only way to enter the kingdom of God is through Jesus Christ, by the grace. That's why Jesus is, came in grace and truth. Jesus says, no one can go to the Father except through me. Jesus is the gatekeeper. Jesus is the gate. We thank God that He is the gate. We thank God that He continues to warn us. He says that everyone is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Can a child receive the Lord? I will say yes. It doesn't matter how old our children are. We know that some children at the age of three, at the age of four, had that conviction, we want Jesus. Recently, I had another testimony from a couple that we met recently who say that they brought up their children fearing God, loving God. So at one point, one of the children, when, they went, when, when there was an altar call, went to the altar and just kneeled down and cried before God. Do you know? This is what pleases God. When we come into the presence of God, when we acknowledge God, regardless of our age. So never discount the fact that children can be saved early in their life. I wish I came earlier to the Lord. I came to the, the Lord at the very uh, age of, I think, 29 or 30. But I miss out on so many things if I only know the Lord earlier but we cannot change the future. We cannot go back to the future. We can just move on ahead with the revelation, with the conviction that God has given to us. So this ties in with the Beatitudes, which speaks about those who qualify, those who enter the gate. Jesus mentions in the Beatitude, chapter, Matthew chapter 5, verse 33, sorry, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, unless you come as a child, acknowledging you are powerless, you are helpless, you are hopeless, you are completely dependent on God, only can you enter into the kingdom of God. Only can you, the, you can enter the gate where Jesus is the gatekeeper. In summary, I'll summarize these three important points for us to remember. Only a child can enter the kingdom of God. Let them come to me. Jesus is the gate of the kingdom of God. He alone decides who enters. Let them come to me. Jesus warns those who are stumbling block. Warning, do not hinder them. Let them come to me. To me, parents, 
teachers, guardians, adults. Sometimes we can be a stumbling block to the young ones, to our children coming to God because we are not walking the, the talk. We are not being childlike in our total trust and obedience to God. I leave you with these three things in the last verse, verse 16 of this passage. The three things that Jesus wants to do for all of us here. That every time we run to Him as a child of God, He wants to do three things. In verse 16, He says, And He took them in His arms and blessed them and laying His hands on them. Isn't it such a privilege when Jesus is our Lord, when the Father in heaven is our Heavenly Father, we can come into the arms and throw ourselves into the arms of God, knowing He will catch us. I heard a story from Alan Davis, I think many, many years ago. He says he was the grandfather at that time and the, and the grandson was up the staircase and he was downstairs. And the grandson had such faith that the grandfather would catch him that he jumped down from the staircase into his arms. That is the picture of a child of God. We are willing to throw ourselves, to jump into the hands of God and say, Lord, you are my everything. You are my all. You are my sufficiency. I am your child. I surrender all. Jesus carried them in His arms. And today, some of us need to be reassured again in whatever that we are going through. Jesus is carrying us in His arms. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been encouraged, make sure to follow us on Spotify. To get connected or find out more about the life of our church, visit us on our website at gladtidings.my or follow us on social media. Have a blessed week.